Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Your name. Give somebody a big hug before you sit down. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 18. Give me a second before I get there. Chris Rajkumar preached last week, did such a great job, didn't he? Didn't he do a great job? Yeah, he's uh, home with a cold right now. Christopher, we love you. I uh, pray that you get well very quickly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome. The sun is out. Thank you for coming to church instead of the beach. It'll still be there this afternoon. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hey, we're going to continue our spiritual, uh, excuse me, continue our wellness uh, message series uh, today. Um, Chris did such a great job, like I said a moment ago. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I have heard so many amazing testimonies of people recently. Um, had a great time, burning room, presence of God was so sweet, just sitting and just meditating on the Lord. I want to talk to you today about spiritual wellness, uh, spiritual wellness. I, um, last week, uh, Christopher brought us this message about, um, <laughs> about uh, not living in judgment and, uh, and, and um, great message. Uh, been a, it had been a hard week for me. Uh, one of those weeks that the Lord just kind of set it up uh, where just all the stuff could happen in one week. You ever had those kind of weeks where it feels like the Lord is like, oh, wait, there's a bunch of bad things that need to happen. Uh, when, when, when would you have room on the, on the calendar? Like, how about this week for Carl? And so that was last week for me. And so uh, we came and uh, not having the best week, uh, came to church. Uh, Christopher uh, admonished us to be good people. Uh, and then my family went to lunch. Um, we don't always go to lunch. I like to go home and just relax normally, but since... Uh, Christopher preached. I was like, yeah, let's go, let's go to lunch. And so uh, we were going to go to Yoke. Anybody like Yoke? Uh, we were going to go to, yeah? Okay, thank you. Excellent, excellent. I like Yoke over on military. Good stuff, right? I like it there. Uh, we got there, and um, they said there was a 45-minute wait uh, to, for a table. And I said, I don't like it that much. You know, like I like Yoke, but I don't like it that much, um, <clears throat> you know. And, uh, and so uh, there was, we're like, ah, well, we'll go to Fresh Kitchen, I think. And Fresh Kitchen wasn't open. Uh, and we're like, darn it. And so there's another restaurant, and it was open. And we said, well, we'd look at the menu, and they had a brunch menu. And we're like, well, I guess we'll sit here. So we sit at this restaurant, and um, there's like nobody there, right? And, and um, so one restaurant is so packed that there's a 45-minute wait. A couple bays down, there's a restaurant with nobody sitting there, right? Now, uh, fellows will understand this. Okay, so I go to a barber, and uh, once you get a barber, you stick with the barber. Right? You don't go to another barber. Like, you got a barber. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got your barber. That's where you go. And so sometimes, yes. So sometimes you go to a new barber shop and you look for what barber you're going to use and you look on the little app of who has appointments. And there's always one barber that's got like his book is completely open. Right? Like, he's got it. He's got an 8, 8.30, 9, 9. 30. You never book that guy. Right? Like, like I'm not going to be your only appointment today. That's not going to happen. Like, if you, it, 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 fellas, you, amen? Yeah, you don't use that barber. We don't ever use that barber. There's a reason his books are open, right? Like, just 
You're going to have to do some free haircuts to get that full. I don't know. But, um, and, and so, and so you rather just wait the next week to get a haircut before you go to that guy, right? Uh, and so, um, because there's this theory that, like, um, if you were any good, somebody would be going to you. And I'm just going to follow, like, the, the crowd intelligence, right? Uh, and so I'm in this restaurant that's open four bays down from a packed restaurant. And I'm like, oh, uh-oh, I, I think I just violated the barber rule, right? And so um, we, we order our food, and there's, like, us and, like, three other tables in the whole restaurant. And uh, um, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm thankful for good service workers. I'm thankful for all of you who are in the service industry. I don't, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this really uh, gracefully, uh, but not everybody who works in the service industry should be in the service industry. Um, and, uh, uh, and so we're at this table and we're getting really bad service. And I'm like, I don't know if you got like some, some blackjack going on in the back room that you're attending to. I don't know if you got like a crack addiction that you're trying to do while, you know, because we're sitting here at the table and... Uh, I know, the, I know the kitchen's not busy because there's nobody here, right? And so we're sitting there, and, um, and we're just trying to like, okay, uh, it would have been quicker for us just to wait for the table at Yoke than eat where we're eating now. We're like, now I'm, feeling, now I'm feeling some type of way about having to sit here, and the waitress is just kind of chilling over there, and we're like, um, can you go get my food, right? Like, get, like, can we get the food moving, right? Now, we just come from church. I'm trying to keep my heart under control. My wife is trying to keep the heart under control, yet the food is taking forever. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so my, my wife ordered a sandwich, uh, and she wanted mayonnaise on it, not something else. And uh, I had ordered some French, fr- some French toast, and it came with like some uh, vegetable, or not vegetable, uh, some fruit compost, whatever on it. I'm like, I don't want the fruit. I was like, can I, can I compost, compost. What is, what is compost, right? It's like compost to me because I don't want it. I don't want it. See, you got to see, I put all these sticks in the same category. I don't want any of it. So I said, can I just get some syrup on my French toast instead of that? She says, sure, no problem. And so, all right, so the lady, she comes, delivers our food. My wife's got a sandwich, doesn't have the stuff that it says on the menu, but also doesn't have mayonnaise. It's just a bread and stuff, right? And uh, she'd ordered an egg sandwich, and she's expecting to have an egg, and it's just scrambled eggs with some bread, right? And we're like, what, what, what? And so then I get some French toast, and they're like, oh, we don't have any syrup. So I just have like two dry pieces of French toast. And she said, the general manager is going to get you some syrup. I'm like, Where, what, what's he got? Like some bees out back? Like how are we, what are we, what, how are we getting some syrup? Right? And so she delivers it. She delivers the food. And then she's like chilling over here talking to somebody. And we're like right here looking at our food, like watching it get cool. Right? Like we're watching it cool off. And we're like, um, I know this woman is not just standing there. Like go get some mayonnaise. Like what is happening here? And so my wife and I are standing there and we're like, going through this spiritual warfare internally of wanting to bring the wrath of God on this waitress. Like, can we get some, can we please just go get mayonnaise? Like, just tell me where it is. I'll get the mayonnaise. Like, the food is getting cold. What's The manager, and the, oh, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. And so I'm sitting there, and, 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 and in the midst of it, I am, I'm, I'm trying to get my heart right, right? This story has gone longer than I intended already, right? And so, so I had pop up on my phone like two hours earlier. Someone had come to our church, and uh, we were still requesting everybody to wear a mask, and they put one-star reviews on our church because we required masks. I'm like, did you, as a Christian, went on a church review website 
and give a one-star review because we're following the CDC? Is that really something that just happened, right? Is that, and so I'm sitting here thinking about this one-star review, and I'm like, I'm about to give a one-star review myself. Like, I'm about to come up on this. Where's, where's the link to that review website? Because I got some one-stars myself to give. And so I'm in this, I'm in this battle, like, like with this awful brunch that is not going to be worth whatever we're going to pay for this place, right? And, uh, uh, and I got a cold French toast. Turns out the manager is driving to a store to go buy some maple syrup. I'm like, and the waitress got an attitude with me. She's like, I could give you some honey. I was like, how about you give me the syrup you told me you had when I ordered this food? I would have just ordered some eggs. So they give me some, and we, I just said, Lord Jesus, okay, yes. And I felt like, this is going to sound like I'm being hyper-spiritual, but I felt like the Lord was saying, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in bitterness or do you want to live in grace? Where do you want to live? Do you want to live in, come on, do you want to live in, I'm like, I want to live in bitterness, Lord. I want to punish this place. I want to burn the whole restaurant down is what I want to do. <laughs> and you got to know, brother, didn't want a tip. I got to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest. You're, you're better than me. I didn't want a tip at all. And so I had to give a fairly full tip just because... But this is like, this is what it means. Like, you know, we have to regulate our inner life. Like, it's not good enough just to have a good church service. We need to be Christians when we leave here, right, in a way that gives life to other people. On Monday morning, we need, we need to be, see, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't just need some super spiritual pie in the sky. I, like, Jesus was a real man who walked the earth and dealt with real issues and his spirit was right. And if we're going to talk about wellness, wellness begins with having our spirit aligned with God's spirit, right? Our heart has to be aligned with God's heart. If we're not doing that, it doesn't matter what else you do. If it doesn't come from a spirit, a heart connected with God, being who Christ had called us to be and how Christ lived, then everything we're doing is pointless. Like, it doesn't matter how much Bible we have memorized, how much money we give, how, super, how, how many dead we raise, how many bodies you see healed. I don't care if you talk in tongues. Paul talked about this. I don't care if you can prophesy until the angels manifest physically. If you're not in love, it's all worthless. It doesn't mean anything. And so if you can't treat the waitress well, it doesn't matter how you're treating the demons. It doesn't matter how you're treating your money. You're getting it all wrong, right? 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 And I felt like the Lord was like, Carl, you get to decide what this next season's going to look like, right? You get to decide how you're going to behave in this next season, what you're going to attract, what you're going to edify. And so Paul kept it. What, what I love about Paul is um, Paul, the, the farther he is in ministry, the more humble he became. And that is a sign of spiritual maturity. The, the farther he went along, the lower he made himself. And, 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 and you, we see in, in, in 1 Timothy, he said, uh, and here is good theology. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am the foremost of all. I, I, and so he, I would love to judge the waitress. I would love to judge the, the manager. I would love to judge. I mean, we love to judge. But I, but I have to remember, like, wait a minute. Jesus came to save sinners, and I'm the first one. Like, if we're going to line up sinners, I'm first in line, all right? And we want to say, like, I've already graduated from that line. I'm on this line over here, right? Like, I've already stood in that line. I've answered that cue. It's not a No, no, but we have to remember, man, if I'm going to be spiritually aligned with God, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I don't live under condemnation, but I'm a sinner who needs Jesus, just like, just like everybody else, right? I am, when, I, <clears throat> when I talk to somebody who's lost about Jesus, I'm not standing on the other side of the altar telling them, come. I, I, I'm standing facing Jesus saying, let's go. 
right? Like, let, let's go to him together. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm answering this altar call myself. I myself need the grace of God in my life. My, I myself am reaching out and saying, wow, I, I need him more than I ever needed. But that is not what the world wants to teach us because that doesn't make money. <clears throat> what makes money is pride and judgment. That's what makes money. And so that's what the world wants to baptize you into. And the world wants you to live with toxic emotions. They want you. They, they desperately want you to have toxic emotions. And if you get around enough people with toxic emotions, they want to teach you that your emotions are valid. And there are toxic emotions in every uh, group. Uh, you know, if you join, <clears throat> if you join any, any, any hobby online, any, anything online, there's going to be drama. Have you noticed that? You can be in any hobby at all. You pick any hobby out there. Knitting, uh, uh, car, uh, car modifications, uh, toenail painting. It, it doesn't matter. There's going to be some forum for it online. And online, there's going to be some argument about the right way to do it. Have you noticed that? There's, 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 there's drama everywhere because the Spirit of God is not hovering over. It's not according to what... Okay, okay. Have you seen that woman uh, online who rescues these escaped beehives? Have, have you seen that? You, you see her and she gathers them. Have you seen this? Okay, here, here's a video if you haven't seen it. Let me show you one real quick. Make sure the volume's up. A swarm of bees settled under this umbrella and I was called to remove them. So I started scooping bees off the umbrella and putting them into a hive. When bees are in swarms like this, it means they're looking for a new place to live. They tend to be very docile since they don't have any resources to defend. They don't have a hive, food, or baby bees to protect, but they should have a queen. So with every handful of bees I scooped, I spent time searching for the queen. I repeated this process over and over again. By the time I removed most of the bees, I still had not seen the queen, and I realized this was an unusual case of a queenless swarm. This colony would not survive without a queen, but luckily I had an extra one on me I could give them. As soon as I gave the queen to the colony, they rushed to meet her. If they didn't accept her, they would try to kill her. If they did accept her, they would release her from the box by chewing through the piece of candy that stops up one end. As soon as the bees in the hive met the new queen, they began sending signals to the other bees telling them to move off the umbrella and into the box. So I just waited in the swarm of bees as the colony moved into their new home. After about 15 minutes, most of the bees were with their colony. So I checked on the queen and saw that the bees were starting to accept her. I waited a while longer for the bees to get in their new hive. Then I loaded them into my truck and drove home. I put the bees in my apiary so they could continue the important work they do in a place that's safer for them and for people. And it was another great day of saving the bees. Another great day of saving the bees, right? So that's kind of neat, right? That's kind of neat, right? Do you know how much drama is happening in the beekeeping community over this woman's account? You're like, wait a minute, drama in the beekeeping? Because if there is a community and Jesus Christ is not the head of it, there is drama in the community. So apparently this woman, it's all fake, right? You can't go capture wild bees with your hair down because if they're Africanized bees, it'll get caught in your hair and it will sting you and they will come and attract it and you will die. You don't wear black clothes when you're a beekeeper. That's why they have white beekeeper suits. Apparently her husband is the real beekeeper and uh, he gets them all docile and sometimes they cut open the boxes and they fake the hives and all. And so there's this huge drama about is she, what's she doing even real or is it fake? And there are massive threads on what's going on in this woman. And these people are coming at each other about a woman 
who collects bees, right? And, then, and then, so, so, so there's the one side who are the purists who are saying this is the right way. Then there's the other side who say, no, 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 she's bringing awareness. And here, here, here's my side. Are you ready? Go ahead and put it up. Who cares, right? Like, who cares? <clears throat> Make a video, entertain me. I don't care if it's real or not. They could, be, they could be mechanized bees. I don't care. They could be CGI bees. I'm just here to be entertained, right? But, but in our culture, you're not allowed to just say, who cares, right? You gotta get you you gotta get offended with somebody. Like like somebody's offended, and you better figure out which side of the offense you're on, right? Like you better be offended <clears throat> because we are offended, right? Like this is this is the society that we're in now. This is outrage culture. We are in outrage culture, and and if you get nothing else out of this message and this, outrage culture is the opposite of Christian culture. You cannot be in Christian culture and be in outrage culture at the same time. Jesus Christ literally died because of outrage culture, right? He refused to be involved in it, but outrage culture that has set, even bleeded, bled into Christianity says it's okay to be angry and mad and offended and want to get even and lie to put down your adversaries. But... <laughs> See, the, the, the outrage culture wants you to be upset because, hear me, they make money on that. The more outrage you get, the more you get on the forums, and they can serve you more ads, and they make more money, right? And you, oh, no, you can't use that dino. You got to use this dino. Oh, you can't use that shaping knife. You got to use this shape. It, 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 somebody, <laughs> this is not what you were created for, <laughs> right? This, this anxiety, this outrage, it is the opposite of the peace of God, they lack, this, this lack of peace that these people live in. Jesus gave us the ability to overcome all of this angst, all of this confusion. He sent the Spirit so that we can have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And just like on the day of Pentecost, when the true Spirit falls, people who are far off come together. That, that's the real fruit of the Spirit. The real fruit of the Spirit, read, the, read, the book, of Pen, read the, the, the book of Acts, and when the Spirit falls, all these disparate people who spoke different languages, all of a sudden are on the same page praising God. Yet even in the beekeeping community, they want you to come against each other. Come on. The real fruit of the Spirit is unity. Not that we all get outraged at the same stuff. It's that we lay down our right to be outraged. See, today, everybody is outraged about everything. And there are some outrageous things that are happening. But Jesus said that he would help us to overcome these things, not show us which things to be outraged by. Amen? And, and if you want to live in peace, you're going to have to learn that there's no way for God to bless our outrage. There, there's no way for him to bless our anger. There's no way for him to bless this judgment and bitterness that we choose to live in. We, we're going to have to learn to live with the Prince of Peace. The, the, the radical left and the radical right, they're both toxic. They're just different versions of the same toxicity and judgment. And now some are right on some things and some are right on other things, but both how they're going about it is not Christ. You see, <clears throat> they want us to get all of our pain and all of our anguish and project it at someone we think is worthy of punishment the scapegoat. We're all very upset and we're going to put all our punishment on one. See, there's one who already did that. His name is Jesus. And he bore all of that. So we don't have a right to it anymore. We gave it all 
to him. See, this outrage that we choose to walk in, it separates us from God and other people. There's whole major splits in the historic church basically because they say, I don't agree the same way you agree, and therefore I don't even believe we're worshiping the same God. This is the deception that the enemy comes, this judgment that separates Christ's body. It's toxic emotions. Again, wellness is having our spirit right with God's spirit. And that means if I'm going to be a real Christian, the main work I do is going to have to be in here. It's going to have to be in here. All right, Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells this story. And in this story, this this story has tripped me up for years. Uh, But I believe the Lord has given me some understanding and wisdom. In Matthew chapter 18, and I know you know the story, uh, there's a slave who who owes a bunch of money to his master, right? He owes him a huge debt, and he can't pay it back because, watch this, he's a slave, right? And so um, why you'd loan money to a slave in the first place, I don't have any idea. Uh, It was probably a setup to begin with. But so the master... Uh, is owed a bunch of money, and he, the slave can't pay it back. And so the master says to the, the, the slave, hey, I'm going to sell you and your family off uh, just so I can recoup what you owe me. And the, the slave begs the master. He's like, please, please, no, please, don't, don't do this. Don't, I'll do anything. Just don't sell off my family. And it touched this master's heart. And so we see here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 27, it says, and the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Let me give you a little sidebar here. Um, Anytime you're reading the Bible, you read the New Testament, look for the word compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion over and over and over again. And you can't be compassionate with people you're outraged by. You you just can't. Um, There's a lot of question today in the church on um, what's sin and what's not sin, who we accept and who we don't accept. And, And if you're not sure... Um, err on the side of just loving people, right? Be brave enough to say, be brave enough to say, I don't know how God looks at this, but I'm just going to love because it's his job to judge. That, I know that's radical. I know that's like, <clears throat> are you talking about, pastor, are you talking about, I'm talking about whatever you think I'm talking about, love. Well, are you saying, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but none of us control who goes to heaven. Jesus never asked me, hey, Carl, uh, this guy died over in India, and uh, he thought this about, uh, you know, the the Trinity. What do you think? He's never done that to me. Maybe he has to you. Uh, But what I do know is if I love people, they might come in contact with the Spirit of God, and he will convict them of sin. Now, I mean, that's what the Bible tells me. He will convict them of sin. Now, there is sin to be convicted of, and the one that we're talking today is our judgment. That's the sin we're talking about today. Our judgment in bitterness. And so this master was so moved with compassion, he forgave the slave his debt. And now the slave was like, oh my gosh, I almost lost my entire family. You know how he must have been just completely freaking out. Can you imagine how terrifying that would be that because of your financial um, irresponsibility, your child could have been sold into slavery. So he's like, I'm going to get my money right, right? That's, that's what he's like. So, so there's a slave that owed him some money too. And so he went and shook down that slave. He's like, listen, um, I need my money because I can't go through that again, right? And so he's like, this guy, you're going to be tortured until you give me my money, right? And so, so one of the slaves went to the master. He's like, hey, remember that dude you, you forgave the money? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's torturing people because of their debts. And the master's like, what? And so here we pick up the, the story in verse 32. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. 
Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he owed him. Now that took a turn, right? Got a little turn here. There was mercy. And now the man is being handed over to torturers until he gives up the money. Now, being free didn't make him come up with the money. Now being tortured somehow. I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know how this works exactly. And so this unforgiving slave, he, he, he's still operating in the realm of fear, right? So God had taught him, Jesus is talking about, hey, listen, when you learn mercy, it's time to walk in mercy. Instead, he continued to operate out of fear. Instead of learning to live in grace, in forgiveness, he still lived in fear and judgment. Now watch this. Because he didn't deal with his fear, his toxic emotions led to him being tormented. Watch this. Next verse, verse 35. Now this is the part Christians really don't want to hear about. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Ouch, that's scary. That is a scary verse, is it not? Like, is Jesus love or is he not? What does this mean? What, what are we talking about here? What are you talking about the Father? I'm just reading the Bible. If you're offended, I'm just reading the Bible here, right? <clears throat> okay, follow me for a second. We're, we're, we're spirit-filled, right? We're a spirit-filled church. Uh, we love the presence of God. We, we love, now, this kind of presence, I'm not sure I love so much, right? Like, I, I, you know, like the, you know uh, but, but we love the presence of God, and we love to say things like, on earth as it is in heaven, right? We want to bring heaven to earth. And if you believe that we have this kind of power, that by our actions, the culture of heaven can permeate earth, then you have to believe that by our actions, the culture of hell can permeate earth. If you can experience heaven before you get to heaven, then you can experience hell before you get to hell. And what he's saying here is, listen, you want to live in the realm of torment and unforgiveness and judgment? You're going to start reaping that right here on the earth. There's so many people right now who are living in hell, and then they go to hell. You, they just, I mean, why would, I, I don't want to live in hell, and they go to, I don't want to live under torment in this life, and then go to torment. Like, they want, they want a foretaste of the age to come. Unfortunately, their judgment, their bitterness, their unforgiveness has them living in hell right here on the earth. It's just making sense. Now, now, this is crazy. We think that God is going to come and somehow torture us on the earth, but we are being tortured by our own mind frame. Yeah. Anger, fear, it's a, it's, a, it's a bubble. It becomes a bubble that protects us for, from experiencing what's really happening. It protects us from engaging in love and things that happen around us. So instead, we baptize ourselves in our outrage. We baptize ourselves. We only listen to things that confirm our, our, our outrage culture. We, we only listen to the conspiracies. We only listen to the doubters. We only listen to the lies, those things that confirm it's okay for me to be bitter. It's okay to be bitter. Look what they did to you. It's okay to be bitter. Look what they did. It's okay to be bitter. Look what they, look, look, look. And it's always outward, never, man, you better get your heart right because you are living in hell. You are going through hell because you don't want to give up your outrage and unforgiveness. <clears throat> this is the open door of the enemy. This unforgiveness, this bitterness. Jesus, Jesus wants us to live in something better. Jesus has provided a way for us to live in the kingdom. But then he says, hey, hey I put before you blessings and curses, life and death. Choose life. 
It's a choice we still have to make as believers. It's not a one and done thing. It's not I answer the altar call and then the rest is decided. I mean, why would you want to live through hell and go to heaven? I mean, like we're supposed to live as a foretaste of the promise to come. But instead, we allow ourselves to be trapped in a system thinking that our outrage is going to change something. Crazy, crazy, and enough believers get involved in it. Now we got some sort of satanic pack happening. No, no, friend, no, this is not the way of Jesus. I want to encourage you today, surrender the right to toxic emotions. You just surrender the right to toxic emotions. There are certain things in my life I'm just not allowed to do. When I got married, I surrendered certain things uh, when I got married. Amen? I, 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 I made a promise to my wife, you know, like uh, there was a time when I could do this, and now I just, I've surrendered that right. I've surrendered my right for the assurance of a relationship in which I am secure. I, I surrendered my right to look for a secure relationship because I'm now in a secure relationship. Right? And so I've, my, my options are lessened, but the benefits are Increase. So as a Christian, I have to surrender my right to gossip and complain and be bitter and hold on to toxic emotions. Now, if you're hurt, get some therapy. You can have Jesus and a therapist. And it's better if your therapist has Jesus. Then it's even better. Well, all I need is the gospel. Well, then I'm just telling me you probably haven't worked out some things, right? Let's talk to your spouse and see what they say, right? <laughs> here's a <laughs> fellas here's a here's a here's a test right here. here here's how you know just ask your wife if you're married just say honey you think i need to talk to anybody about my issues don't tell them what you're talking about just say do you think i need to talk to anybody about my issues and they'll be like i've been i've been waiting for you to ask <laughs> you'd be like what issues are we talking about honey you're like what issue are you talking about <clears throat> This is the truth. I see a therapist. And I'm, I'm, I wish we all, I, I, I see a therapist more than you all, as Paul said, except he said pray in tongues, right? I pray in tongues and I talk to a therapist. And I'm, I, I don't ever plan on stopping. Uh, I have my wife, I have my counselor, I have Jesus, I have pastors. I'm, I'm, I, I, need, I need a community. It takes a village to keep Carl upright. I tell you what. <clears throat> I got issues. I got issues. If you want a perfect pastor, I don't, hope, tell me where it is. I'll go there. But, um, <clears throat> Chris talked about this last week. Um, <clears throat> he talked about in, in Luke 9 when <clears throat> they saw the people weren't following Jesus. <laughs> he says to them, and they said to Jesus in, in Luke 9, he says, um, <clears throat> he says to them, hey, do you want us to call down fire on them like Elijah? And Jesus looks at them like, what? He's like, you don't even know. What, first of all, how do you think you could do that? Like, what made you think that you had the power to call down fire from heaven? What, what made you think that you're Elijah? Okay, prophetic side note. <laughs> if you ever hear a prophet compare themselves to Elijah, find a new one. <laughs> Brother, show me the, the, the chariot you rode here on, and then we can, you know. Okay, all right. Uh, <clears throat> you, you do not know what spirit you're of. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. The words of Jesus come to save people. God has always been like Jesus. Hear me, God has, God has always been like Jesus. And when you get words that don't sound like Jesus, they're not from God. Jesus said, I came to save people. I didn't come to condemn people. I came to save them. What, do you, what, what, what spirit are you of that you think I would want to kill these people? Jesus tells us to live from heaven to earth. How does God want them? But others are still living 
from hell to earth. They're still looking at the paradigm of judgment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Is there a judgment to come? I believe there is. I'm, I'm, I just, there's just too much scripture that talks about a judgment, so I believe that. I believe that we need to receive Christ as Savior. I believe that. I believe that there is an ethic um, <clears throat> that qualifies um, us as being a Christ follower. I do believe that. Um, and so I'm not saying, hey, as long as you're in love, it, it, everything, you know, there's, there's <laughs> I tweeted this the other day. There's two, there's two epistles. Paul has basically two things. He says, uh, one is, man, you guys are glorious. You're, you're, you're co-heirs with Christ. And the other one is, can y'all just not act like pagan heathens for five minutes? Can you, can you just please stop? Just please try to be Christian, right? And so I do believe that. However, I believe the problem that we as a church need to deal with today is the judgment and bitterness in our heart that has tainted our witness in the world, right? So I want you to make the choice to walk in love even when you don't feel like it. Make the choice to walk in love even when you don't feel like it. My wife and I, when we were at this lunch, we were just trying to encourage one another, right? Like, no, y'all don't, you know, we, we, don't, don't go there today. Let's not get hood today. Like today, let's just, let's let today end better than it started. Let's not leave here like, you know, we didn't have any church clothes, so I felt so good, you know, felt pretty good about that. I was safe, <clears throat> you know, but at the same point, it's like, I, I, you know, let's, let's just try as an offering to the Lord not to bring punishment, not to bring shame, not to bring bitterness. Now, we had a little challenge with it. But in the end, we felt good about it, right? Like, we felt good, like, okay, I don't have to hide my face to go back to that restaurant, right? Like, I don't, it's not, they don't have to worry about a fight. Number two, I'm not going back there, though. You're right. And if I didn't pass your Boca Raton, I would tell you the restaurant's name. But we need businesses to stay open. See, nobody else can control your emotions but you. Now, it doesn't matter if the B-lady starts saying she's the B-lady or not. The people are still going to be outraged. We, you have to decide not to be outraged. You, bitterness is an effort to avoid the real problem. It masks the real problem. I'll just be in judgment. No, the problem is that you know, you're hurt by someone else's or your perception of someone else's behavior, and you're dealing with your hurt through, through anger. Start dealing with what's really going on. Anger is always a secondary emotion. You've got to tell yourself it's always a secondary emotion. It's always covering up something that you don't want to be vulnerable about. And stop projecting and start figuring out what's going on in your heart. Second of all, remember that you have the power of restoration. For many of us, the key to wellness in this season is to surrender our right to be offended and recognize that Jesus wants to bring people together. This is his heart, to restore people to him. As John, in John's little telling of the Pentecost story in in, in John chapter 20, Watch this. He says, so Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Receive the Holy Spirit. If any forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So in the gospel of John, he ties the baptism of the spirit to how you behave in your heart to those who are outside of God. How you treat those who are behaving sinfully. He ties the two together, which I think is a fair representation of Luke's portrayal in Acts chapter 2, in bringing everybody 
together regardless of their situation in life. We can't just be Pentecostal and say, oh, I'm speaking in tongues, therefore I can judge people who vote differently than me or, or ride a different motorcycle than I do or, or, or spend their money differently than I do or dress differently or read a different version of the Bible. We can't be faithful to the gospel and continue to judge in a way that Jesus condemned. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm almost done here. I hope I'm not, I hope we're doing, are we doing good? Yeah. Come on, I hope this is good. Come on, this is going to get some people free. <clears throat> This is going to get some people free. Like that person who is plaguing your spirit, you're going to recognize, who cares? Who cares how they're behaving? Let me get right with Jesus. And that's going to be free. Like that's Jesus' problem. Forgiveness releases people to God for their restoration. And it releases you from the situation so you can allow Holy Spirit to heal your heart. Your judgment ties you to the sin. Yeah, I mean, you drop anchor at your offense. Like you, 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 you have, you're done growing. Until you decide to pick up anger and pick up bitterness, pick up the anchor of judgment and begin to forgive. You, you don't move on from there. You're tied to this thing. This is why when we, we, we counsel people and they're really hurt by a parent or maybe they were, you're, God forbid, sexually assaulted or, or um, maybe you've been violated or you've been spiritually abused and we tell people, man, you got to forgive. And they're like, do you know what they've done to me? And I'm like, yes, and I want to get you free from it. I want to detach the assault, the trauma that has attached you to them. And the way we detach from the trauma is through forgiveness. And it doesn't say, I, I'm now release you to not worry about this. It says, no, I, I get this trauma and I put it on Jesus. He carries it to the cross and I go on with my life. And now Jesus deals with it. Now that's Jesus' thing to deal with, not, not mine. Now you say, but, but I want to, yeah, your desire to get even is bringing you down to the assaulter's level. You can't be seated in heavenly place with Jesus and judging people at the same time. you got to come down from grace to get into judgment. And you don't want to be down where they are. That's not where you want to live. You don't want to live down here where a rapist lives. You don't want to live down here where abusers live. You don't want to live down here where liars live. You want to live up here in the realm of grace. And the only thing that gets you up here is forgiveness. And leaving that with Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> People don't want to live down there alone, so they invite you with them. <clears throat> in the, in the, the avenue is gossip. And they want you to be offended with someone else just because they're offended. They want to invite you into their offense. They got these little Proverbs talks all about it. It uses the woman, the seducing woman. I don't believe it's a male-female thing. I think they're just uh, painting that as seduction. But that's what it is. Offense is seducing. Hey, guess what? Why don't you come gossip with me? It'll feel good. Just a little bit. Come on, just try a little bit. just want to open you up to that spirit of judgment. Oh, it feels so good to judge people. It's seducing you down there to its level. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, if you've got to hear somebody's hurt, hear somebody's hurt, but you've got to guard your heart against offense. For those of you who are ministry leaders, man, you, you hear stuff. You just hear stuff, and you've got to be like, man, I cannot be offended for this person. I cannot be offended for them because I can't get down there. I can't be the love of God and be offended with this person at the same time. And I wasn't even there. I wasn't even the one getting hurt. But I have picked up their offense, and now I've become toxic myself. Hallelujah. Number three, I want you to beware of toxic emotions in this season. <clears throat> the righteous, the Bible says, are peacemakers. Drama follows sin. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you see a lot of people living without peace, man, the drama the drama, the drama, the drama, the drama, the drama. 
I want you to live free of drama in the season. Like, this season's hard enough. We don't need more man-made drama, amen? Like, I, I, like, I, I, like the most toxic thing that happened in the last couple years was we had a, a pandemic coming, and then people decided, how can I use this for my own political gain? Like, are you on drugs? What, what? Like, can we just put down politics for a second and let just... Like, we're, we're, and this is, this is what this kind of sin of judgment does. I don't care if people die as long as I am seen as the good guy. Like, what is wrong with you, sin? Jesus went to the cross for it. We need to choose to not be offended, to not get involved in it, to walk in forgiveness so that we can live from heaven to earth. Can you say amen to that? Amen to that. Amen, 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 amen. Give me some music, Brandon, if you would. I, um, I, I just feel like the Spirit of God is here to set some people free from the effects of toxic emotions. I, I feel like there is, a, there is a grace in the room right now to forgive and say, who cares? I feel like there's grace in the room that the Spirit of God would come and help you to get free. I, I, I have nothing to sell you today. I have nothing. I, I, just, I, I, I just want to create a space right now that the Spirit of God can say, man, I'm here to set your heart free. You don't have to carry this burden. And I know that there's some people in the room. I've heard your stories, man, and you've got every reason in the, in the world to be hurt, to be offended, to be bitter. You've got every reason in the world to be in judgment. Like, I've heard your stories, and, and, and my wife and I, we cry with you. We grieve with you. you. You question humanity. We're like, how in the world can someone treat someone this way? Some, some, some of you, the, the people you trusted the most did the, just the dirtiest stuff to you. I get that. And this message is, is, is it's for you. This is the healing balm that you need. Forgiveness is going to get them out of your soul. Choosing to release those people. You can't ghost people and be healed. It's, it's not how it works. Ghosting is wicked. The only thing that works is forgiveness. Now, there's healthy boundaries, and that's another conversation. But I'm interested in your heart today. And I believe all over the room right now, Holy Spirit is just knocking on hearts, saying, hey, I want to call you to live in a way that glorifies Jesus Christ, in a way that represents the life of Jesus, in a way that Jesus died for. I want you to, I'm here to bring you freedom. Just allow the Spirit to... The more I meditate on God, the more I recognize the judgments and bitterness in my life. I, as you're just talking to God here, I, my wife said to me uh, last night, she's like, you keep talking about people on social media who are getting it all wrong. Like, are you talking about this? I'm like, oh no, I'm not talking about that at all. But, you know, I'll, I'll watch a video and then I'll see some guy. This is part 138 of why the church ended in A.D. 70, and anybody who calls himself a Christian isn't going to heaven. I'm like, you are on drugs, man. Like, what? how do you put 140 videos into that? Like, this is bad theology, right? And I just, this, my, my judgment in all this starts to color how I view all things, and it just bleeds out when I'm talking, and then people misunderstand me. 
And instead of saying, you're judging me, you don't understand me, I'm like, man, maybe, what am I projecting here? See, this is me owning. And we need to own what's been coming out of our mouths. The suspicion, the judgment, the bitterness. There's this toxic culture of offense. So maybe we just need to fresh say to Jesus, Jesus, I have sinned. I'd like you to come and save me again from this sin. You didn't even defend yourself. You let people misunderstand you. You didn't call for judgment. You called for forgiveness. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't, I'm not going to call anybody to the front. And I'd really appreciate it if nobody looked around. I just want to pray for you today. If you're with me on this journey, you're like, yeah, and this is me. My heart has not been right. And I want to respond to this today and allow Jesus to come and get me on this path of healing. Just put your hand up and down. I want to see who I'm praying for. Yeah, all over the room. Yeah, yeah, left, right. Yeah, in the back, I see you. Yeah, yeah, in the middle. Yeah, I see you. I'm there with you. I'm right there with you. Stand with me if you would. We're just going to pray this prayer together. I'm going to pray, and we're just going to welcome Jesus to come in. Ha. Just pray this prayer after me. We're just going to pray a prayer asking Jesus to come and heal our hearts, forgive us of our sins, and wash us clean. Just say, Lord Jesus. Let's say it out loud. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner. I want to follow you. And I receive you as a sacrifice for my sins. Wash me clean. I believe you died for me. And you rose from the dead. And now you're at the right hand of the Father. And you've sent your spirit for me. Help me to listen to your spirit. Help me to walk in love. Help me to walk in grace. I release my right to be offended. Help me. I release my bitterness. Heal me. I release my judgment. Set me free. And I will walk in love. In Jesus' name. Come on, give a clap to the Lord. Come on. See, God, forgiveness is putting God back on the throne of your life. Judgment is so powerful, only Jesus can handle it. Forgiveness turns anger and hurt into healing and peace. Forgiveness returns the power injustice tried to steal. James, the brother of Jesus, said, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Because of this prayer and the promise of Jesus Christ today, you have just qualified yourself to walk in peace and joy and love, bearing good fruit, being peaceable and gentle. I want you to remember as you just pray in the Spirit this week, as you have God remind you, like this is who we want to be as a people. This is, the, this is who we want to, this is the Jesus we want to represent. And I'm just praying that you get divine appointments with people this week who need to know what this real peace feels like and that you would bring them to a place of peace and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, thank you. And let's just give a clap to the Lord. Amen. That was a great message. Um, 
I just bless you guys. Doesn't it feel good freeing to just release that right to be offended? God just moves. His grace comes. It's amazing. So I just want to bless you guys today. If anyone um, needs prayer for anything, sickness in your body, deliverance, need help forgiving, you can come up to the front. We'll have people here to pray for you. Um, There's going to be, there's coffee in the lobby and um, we love you. Have a great week. God bless you. See you in church next week.